Well, thanks for coming, guys. Um, I kind of said it a little bit this morning, but like over the course of my time here at Hume, I've definitely seen it change. Where like being, I remember being in Meadow Ranch and Sarah from um, Sacramento was like the only girl youth pastor kind of a thing. And I just wouldn't know Sarah's coming, but it's like over time stuff has shifted. And now I'm part of a church where um, there's just a lot of young female leaders that are coming onto the scene. And I think recognizing like, man, I, I have a part to play in what God's doing um, in a greater way than, you know, volunteering once a month or something like that. I think for me, um, when it comes to this conversation, I remember like towards the beginning of my time, like being like, oh, I'm a woman in ministry, being like, what? It's, what's the big deal? Like, I didn't want to make it about that, you know? Like, I didn't want that specific element of my demographic to be what defined my life in ministry. So then I just ignored it. Like, it doesn't even matter. Then the farther I got into it, the more I realized, like, oh, no, I, I definitely have to pay attention to it because there's just unique things at play um, and also unique ways that God has gifted us and equipped us as women where we bring something unique to the table. And so um, I don't have, like, a specific agenda to this other than praying for each other at the end um, and really asking the question, like, what is it that you need in this next season of ministry? Let's ask God for it. Mm -hmm. um, but I would really love to just spend some time talking about like what this season of ministry has been like for you. What are like challenges that you've experienced, but also like things that you've really been able to celebrate. And it could be, you know, for, I know for me, like I work on an all male team. I don't have any other women on my team. And so it's, it's unique. Um, so some of my things could have to do with me being a woman in ministry, but they could also be about other things. Um, there's a young, a, a group of young female worship leaders that I've been meeting with at home over the summer and just like gathering together and talking about what God's doing in ministry has been so life-giving. Um, and so my hope was to bring a little piece of that to our conversation today. So um, I'd love to just kind of go around, give like your name, where you're in ministry, um, and then answer the question like, when you decided to enter into ministry in any capacity, and I know not everyone here is like on staff at a church, but even like, you know, if your husband is, like you still chose to enter into ministry. <laughs> like still very much a choice that you made. Um, were there other women that you really looked up to that like modeled for you what that looked like? Um, and if so, how did they do that? Like what is it about what they did that you want to emulate? Um, in your ministry. So who wants to go first? <laughs> okay. My name is Stormy. I work as an intern at Trinity Lutheran in San Pedro. I'm originally from Texas. Um, I think the women in my life that have like modeled it, like I, like three specific women come to my mind when I think about them and they're all three just very like powerhouse, um, bold, vulnerable women of God, like, they, like, I feel like sin growing up in the church has always been, like, different in the view of, like, women and men, and so, like, these women in, like, my struggles growing up, they just, like, they were, they would talk about certain things just, like, as they were, like, 
talking to other people like it wasn't like a big deal to them and they like were very passionate and very vulnerable and very bold and it just helped me to like grow into being a, a like a woman that can be vulnerable and you know talk about struggles Katie Fenn um I work for a nonprofit called Onward and we pastor young pastors and so I normally coach and mentor uh, the women, and there's a lot of them, <laughs> and um, which is just really fun because we actually get to have a lot of these conversations, um, which I never really would have said I would be good at those conversations. Um, but one woman in particular that I feel like I'm constantly thinking about is my mom, um, who I would call her a woman's pastor. Her denomination wouldn't call her a pastor. Um, but the way that I saw her my whole life is she shepherded people and um, could teach God's word like anyone else could, you know, and just dive into it. And it was just like so inspirational for me. But one of the biggest takeaways of just like observing the way that she would lead within the complexities of being a woman um, was I felt like she was always full of grace in conversation, even when she felt like she wanted to be like, I'm a woman, hear me roar. <laughs> like, like she had so much wisdom and experience and knowledge, yet sometimes it would be diminished um, just walking into a room and being in a space with certain people and I felt like the way she navigated that was so grace-filled, but also full of truth. Um, she wasn't there to change people's minds. That was never her goal. And I felt like I really took note of that in my head. As I walk into rooms, even this room, you know, over the week, or over the week it's like, I'm not here to convince anybody that they're, they could listen to me, you know. Um, I just, God gave me truth and told me to speak it, and here I am, so. I'm Heather Mahoney from Crossroads Grace in Antica, and I, I'm our next gen director, which means I oversee our kids, middle school, high school, young adults, leaders, but I'm still doing all of the middle school programming. And I would say, like Katie, uh, my mom has been just kind of monumental in being a prayer warrior in my life, but I haven't, I mean, aside from, I think, my discipleship leader when I was a high school student, haven't had a lot of women pour into me. Um, people tend to look to me and say, no, you be the strong woman to pour into us. And I've kind of constantly looked for that in my life. So that's been interesting. And I was, I'm recently connected with someone in Pennsylvania and kind of hoping that that would work out. But um, I think I feel similar to kind of what you just shared about your mom. Um, we're in a are we going to have women in pastoral ministry conversation right now that gets voted on next month. And that's been really hard. So we have pastors and directors and um, we have both pastor and director males, but only right now um, females can only be directors. So we have kind of old bylaws and are, are walking through what that looks like. and. I, I think what I mean when I said I identify with your mom's, um, I don't think that I'm trying to change any, anyone's mind. I 
think I am far from a very like trusted authority on this heavy topic and to win someone over I just think it's been rough trying to reconcile okay what do I believe the Lord has called me to do with where he has placed me with what that looks like so just trying to figure out what that means and navigate it and then for funsies um, I've been on staff 23 years and my husband is the creative arts pastor and he's been there 27 years and we don't hire family anymore, not because of us, but so that also is like that weird little fun caveat of like, oh, this is like a family effect versus like a singular employee because we both like have to vote on this and we are both a part of a leadership team of 12. So it's, I, it's been interesting, but not in a fun filled way. Me, I'd be the only one that's in the position to like be called a pastor who has like communicated from the main stage, but then people had a problem with it. So then they haven't been utilizing me. I don't even, I don't even need that. I just need, yeah, I just want, I think the guts to say in private or public how I am empowered behind the scenes. My name is Ivory Whitaker, and I'm the women's youth director at Hope Chapel in Hermosa Beach. And some, there's this woman at my church named Cindy, and she she is, she really inspires me because she's always encouraging people and um, just a really bright light. And um, there's just always like wisdom coming out of out of her mouth, and it's really I look up to that. Hi, I'm Erica Marshall. Uh, Heather is my boss's boss, so we're both from Crossroads. <laughs> yeah, um, so I actually never really thought I would be working in ministry. I'm the kids admin at Crossroads, um, and I definitely didn't think I would be working at a church if I was working in ministry. I thought I was going to go into full-time missions, but then God was like, nope, you're going to go a different direction. Um, and so my motivation to end up working at a church and in ministry was not really there. It was just like, God was like, all right, this is what you're doing now. Um, and so I didn't actually have very many examples of like women in ministry growing up. It wasn't like my church was against having women in ministry. I just grew up in a very unhealthy church environment that was falling apart at the seams constantly. I had eight different youth pastors in six years. Um, and so that motivated me to also be a high school leader at our church. Um, but one of the first uh, people in women in ministry I actually ever saw was you. At, I was he here at Meadow Ranch and like seeing you in worship ministry actually was like what motivated me to like get into worship and stuff like that growing up. Um, but now I have like really awesome women like Heather and then my boss Teresa that I get to like see working in ministry and it's kind of been confirming like God definitely wants me in ministry in some way. I'm just still figuring all of that out. Yeah. My name's uh, Carla Tickle and um, I am a high school uh, leader and me and my husband have been serving for over two years now. He's the youth pastor for middle school and high school. Um, and I, so, like, I don't really have uh, women that I can, like, sit with and, like, talk about or, you know, even your message today, Katie, um, you were saying if you had any accountability, and I do have one friend that comes to mind. Um, she is in leadership. She's, um, I believe she's a, I think she co-leads with her husband, um, and she's in another state, but we communicate through Marco Polo. I don't know if you guys have heard of that. Um, and so it has been super 
like beneficial for me emotionally but spiritually too because it's just a way that I can um her and I just have a really good friendship that um we just talk about life and like how ministry is going and I didn't even realize that um I needed that um and when I think about women in ministry, um, like I, I also think about my mom. Um, my, my parents were pastors growing up. And so uh, my mom is very, um, she was never the type to like read, like she never um, was super like, she wasn't like a theologian or anything. Um, she just loved the Lord. And she continues to do that with service. Um, she loves children and she loves like, she would always tell me, um, I, I clean the church because I love the Lord, and this is how I, um, this is how I serve, and how, and I love doing it for Him. And so, uh, seeing all the sacrifice that she did uh, behind the scenes, uh, just raising us as kids, um, has really been super, like, inspirational, but also um, sacrificial. And I think that I, I connect love with sacrifice. And a lot of times I feel like m my voice or my feelings are like, well, you know, this is what you have to do. Um, and so I have been learning that it's okay to talk about it. It's okay that I sometimes feel alone, that I don't have as much um, like women that can keep me accountable. Um, but I do have these two college group or college girls that I've been um, kind of mentoring, but I've been telling them like, you guys actually keep me accountable. So, um, yeah, it's been it's been cool to, to see that. Um, but yeah, that's me. <laughs> uh, I'm Jody Gabler. Um, I'm a junior high leader, but my husband also is the youth pastor for junior high high school where we're from. Um, I don't, we just moved <laughs> to where we were a year ago, and I just had a baby as soon as we moved there. <laughs> So it's been hard for me to, like, have people to get to know, to, like, have that accountability. Um, we've also been, like, the ministry that we are in, they've had five pastors in the last five years. So the leaders and the kids, like, it took them a while to, like, trust us. And because I look young, even though I'm, like, dude, I've been doing this for 17 years <laughs> Um, we've had a lot of leaders who don't necessarily think I know what I'm talking about. Um, or, like, I had, it was, it was a really dumb example. Well, no, it's not. Mike came home one night, and he's like, so I just want to let you know what this leader said. And it just crushed me, even though I knew, like, she said I wasn't loving. And I wasn't, like, she didn't like how I did small group and all that. And I was like, I was trained. Like, I'm doing exactly what you told me, and it, just, it was just disheartening because I'm like, dude, we're on the same team. Like, stop. Like, why are you pit nitpicking <laughs> everything I'm doing? Because um, for me, I'm like, I'm taking my – I have two little kids, and I come every Tuesday to be with these girls. Like, how is that not loving? <laughs> 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 As I'm towing one kid in tow because she was, like, super young at the time, and then, like, my other one is three, almost three, and we have a high schooler watch her during that. So, like, how is that not loving? I'm coming in, <laughs> like, with your kid. Anyway, so it's just been a struggle for me, I guess, um, just finding that one person. Because I used to have, before we moved and before all craziness happened, 
and my phone, Heather Davis and Jessica Wright. Those are my two. Um, they were really, they were the high school pastor's wife. I mean, like the junior high pastor wife before we became a program thing. Anyway, um, she moved to Florida, my best friend Heather. So it's just been hard because like, we haven't been able to have that communication. And then Jessica, we moved, so I don't have that. But one thing from them, both of them, they poured in, they would just invite girls to their house, even if they have littles. Um, and that's one thing that I've taken away is that I just want to love on kids. And if that's just me, like, bring them to my to me or just, you know, just inviting people to my house. Like, that's one way that I want to – that was inspirational to me is that they just both opened up their houses and – so that's one thing that my Mike and I like like our house is always open for kids. So it doesn't matter like what time or anything, so that's my yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, hi everyone, I'm Bethany Pinau. I'm from Washington Heights in Ogden, Utah. Um, and I am on the worship team and uh, I help out with the high school students. Um, I've taken a little bit of a vacation, if you want to call it, ever since I've had Pippa. But <laughs> um, I'd say I started because my husband came to Hume. He was asked because they lost a, a male counselor, and they were looking for one like three days before they were leaving. And so they reached out to Josh, and so he came here. His life was changed, and then he came home, and he's like, we are volunteering with the students forever <laughs> and ever and ever. And I'm like, okay. So I was kind of like drug into it because I'm like, okay, God, I wasn't really called. God was, but that's my calling, I guess. <laughs> along that's how God got my attention um, and so I really dealt with the get gay get high for quite a long time um, and because at the time I just felt really young <laughs> and I was like the high school is not gonna they're gonna think I'm one of them um, but uh, but yeah now I've kind of transitioned to high school and uh, it's been a lot of fun and I'd probably say I have like family members sisters my mom um, and other people in the church that um, really made an impact on me as women um, and and seeing their impact that they had um, on us kids, but also in the community and everything. But I probably would say, like, my number one are the students um, because they challenge me in ways that, like, I have to think. <laughs> um, or they have so many questions, and they're just so curious, and they have hard questions. And maybe some things that I haven't even thought of myself. Um, and so having to, like, do the homework and look it up, um, I'd probably really thank them for, for strengthening my relationship with Jesus um, because, yeah, those girls are – they they want answers, um, and and so they're they're just and they're so strong and they all have their own stories and their own families and so being um, what I think is a strong coach for them um, has really helped strengthen my relationship um, and so I'm I'm lucky I can do that. So. I'm Riley. I'm also from Washington Heights Church. I'm the high school coordinator, and. Uh, I would say that getting into ministry was almost like in opposition of being told I shouldn't or couldn't get into ministry. I'm a very like, well, if you say not to, I'm going to kind of person. Um, and I was raised Mormon, so it was like actively against and discouraging women from ministry. Like there's no place for you unless you're teaching primary or like in the Relief Society. Like that's it. Um. There's no positions of leadership. So when I became Christian, I became Christian in a church that was also opposed to female pastors. 
And both of those things really just like ignited a fire. Like, well, then I have to. I'm going to. You can't stop me. That's just kind of the person I am. But I've never had any kind of impactful relationship with a female leader. There is one woman at our church that when she was ordained a pastor, it felt really powerful to me, like affirmation, like, oh, this is okay here. But it kind of feels like um, in my, uh, I don't even know how many years in ministry has always been positioned like in opposition of women in ministry. My name is Rebecca. I work for a nonprofit parachurch organization called Youth for Christ. Um, our mission vision is to reach lost kids, to tell them about Jesus, and get them plugged into a church so they can be discipled. Um, my background's really interesting is that I, when I was sitting here listening to you guys, I was just thinking about my story, and I was just thinking about how much God protected me, because um, I actually started off working at a church. Um, but I worked at a church very similar where um, you could either be a secretary in charge of children's or women's, and that was it. And I remember talking with my pastor because I, like, in eighth grade, knew I was going to do ministry. Like, I knew that's what God had called me to do. And I remember in high school sitting across the table from my pastor and him telling me, like, this is, these are your choices. Like, this is what you can do. And I remember being like, okay, I'll do, like, secretary. And so I was a secretary for four years to our children's pastor. And our children's pastor was amazing. I loved him. Um, but there became a time where I remember, like, questioning God, like, what do I do? Like, I don't want to do children's. I don't want to do women's. Do I just, am I just going to be sitting at a desk for my ministry my whole life? Um, and about a year, about like four or five months after I graduated from college, um, an opportunity came to go serve overseas. So I went overseas for a year. Um, and then when I came home, um, my mom worked at Youth for Christ as their admin assistant. And so she was like, you should go work at Youth for Christ. Um, and um, I have found no, this is not a promotion for you for Christ. I just want to clarify this. Um, but, but for me, I have found a lot of freedom because I, I do work with pre predominantly all men, um, but I've never questioned. Like, um, I can go and be like, hey, I don't think this is right. I think we need to change this. And there's no one in the room that's like, shut up and sit down. Like, there's nothing like that. And I grew up in a church that it was like that. And so to find that freedom, and I, it was totally God because it wasn't me seeking it out. It was just like God being like, this is a season. I'm going to put you over here. Um, and um, in the saying that my mom was a huge influence in my life, um, I kind of very similar that I, uh, I feel like people always assumed because I knew, I knew a lot of Bible knowledge that they were like, oh, you don't need to be mentored. I felt like that was a, my story a lot. Um, like I remember even in like sixth grade being told I couldn't answer this, the questions anymore in Sunday school class because I knew too much. And so, so my mom was just like a huge, huge role in my life. Um, and a lot of it was just because I feel like she always taught me, um, you love God and you serve God. Like, those are the two things you do. And, um, yeah, she actually passed away seven years ago from cancer. And so, for me, that's always, that's been a hole the last seven years that has not been filled. Um, of having that, like, intimacy and having someone that just wants to, like, be your cheerleader, someone who wants to empower you. Like, they're just not, not be in existent for a while. So, something I've also been, been praying for. So. Um. I feel like so encouraged by all of you guys. Um, a big piece of that being like your vulnerability. I'm probably, s I'm similar to Heather in the sense that like, I'm only 35, but probably just because I've been placed on a platform from a young age, it's like, it's kind of just assume like she's the one that will help you. Um, and I'm really grateful that 
the Lord has like allowed me to play that role for a lot of people. But the last couple years, as now I'm full time staff at a church, my title is worship pastor. Um, but I'm in a very traditional, like, city context. So like, the men work, the women stay home. So I've even been in conversations where they're blatantly just calling me worship leader. But like my counterpart, who's a guy they call worship pastor, <laughs> but on the screen it says worship pastor. Anyway, um, where I'm just in the season of like, what's my trajectory? What does it look like to do this well as a woman? Um, but I think kind of what I really want to drive home in this conversation is like, to me, it's the semantics of titles are secondary to just wanting to be like seen. I remember like, I don't know, it was Mother's Day. Um, my small group is a lot of pastors, but I'm the only female pastor on our in our small group. So it's a bunch of guys that I work with and then their wives who are some of my dearest friends, but are smart, like went to Bible college, but they're nurses and teachers and all sorts of different stuff. And we had an off week for Mother's Day and I said, and I run our small group, which is funny. But I'm like, why don't we look at the attributes of God that are motherly? I'm like, let's just get crazy tonight, guys. <laughs> like, Because you see it all through scripture. Like, God talks about gathering chicks like a mother hen. Like, there's, there's things all throughout scripture. Um, I'm like, I'm not trying to say, like, God's a woman. Calm down. We're, we're going to be okay. Um, but I remember that night, like, digging into it and feeling like the men in my group were silent. And I'm just like trying to like say like this is like the one time a year where we get to well I, I came to realize later this is what was happening inside of me this is the one time a year where I get to be affirmed that like God made me a certain way and and that he made me in his image and you have nothing to say about it and the one time they started to speak up was when we were like well does the Holy Spirit have a gender and they're like he does it's a he I'm like oh, okay um, and I, that night I looked really discouraged because I just felt like I wasn't seen. Like, do I have something to bring to the table? Like, has, it's that thing, like, I'm reconciling, like, God, I feel like you've placed a call on my life, but I don't want to fight for it. Like, I don't want this to be, like, trying to change people's minds, you know? It's just, yeah. Anyway. So the question I'd kind of like to ask so that there could be open dialogue about it is like, what is a, what is a hurdle? Like what is something difficult that you've experienced even in this past, we just say this calendar year, like in ministry, um, and maybe you don't even have an answer for it yet, but there's just something to sitting in a room and saying, I'm experiencing this. Is anybody else experiencing this? Am I crazy? <laughs> you know? And then what did you do to like work through it and work past it? Um, and then we can just encourage each other. I feel like that's what came to mind after hearing all of you guys talk. Um, anybody have anything that comes to mind off the top of their mind? Their head? <laughs> Sorry, I'm feeling very on fire about this because I'm I, I'm in a kind of a rough season with this topic. Um, I don't want it to sound like when I say, like, I went into ministry because they told me not to. I'm so on fire and passionate about youth ministry. And, like, 
I, I graduated my undergrad and immediately started a master's program in ministry to like do this. And that was probably like four or five years ago. And I've just been all in. My husband has been along for the ride, kind of like the opposite of them. He goes because I go and he likes to hang out with me. That's it. I've been the one driving that endeavor. Um, and I had my first baby a year ago last week. And when I got pregnant, pretty much everybody assumed I was going to stop. And it was it was so frustrating. Like somebody said to my face, we were talking about like having a yearly volunteer meeting and somebody said oh well we're gonna be losing you pretty soon aren't we and I was like why and he's like because you're pregnant no like there's another counterpart here like two parents why am I going and it happened many times people during my pregnancy assumed I wouldn't continue um and then afterwards I took three weeks off and I was back at church week two and I started serving again week three because I couldn't bear to be away, but also I felt like I need to be back because my place here is not secure. Um, and my husband is, he's truly super dad. Like he was meant to be a parent. Also, he wanted to have a baby. He asked me to have a baby <laughs> and I was like, okay, but my career is important. I'm not giving that up. But like, from then, everybody at church saw him with my daughter, me doing ministry. Like, he Sunday is his day. He takes her. He's on, and I'm off doing the thing I'm passionate about most in the world. And that came with a lot of flack, too. Like, people were just, one, they were just, like, he had such a fan club at church of people being like, your husband's amazing. And I'm like, this is his job too, you guys. <laughs> like, careful, let's not put up any statues in his honor. Like, this is his kid too. And like, people just really coming down on me. Like, we had one lady, I was just telling her about this today, tell me, he's just more of a mother than you are, isn't he? Like, that's been the attitude from the beginning. Whenever I'm there and she's not, people like, where's Stevie? Like, it's really felt like I'm, in your eyes, I'm not supposed to be here. He is, and I'm supposed to be at home with her. And he didn't even want to do this. I did. <laughs> so it's been rough. It's really felt like absolutely fighting for my place every single day. <sighs> I saw this <laughs> <laughs> now I got to think about what I'm going to say. <laughs> um, I think this took me uh, a decade too long to figure out because I've been in a similar space, not the exact. But I think sometimes it can be communicated without communicating that kids are a distraction from the ministry, when the reality is that the kids are the ministry. Like, that is your biggest ministry. What a beautiful work to empower somebody to go do, right? Um, and I think there can be such a hard hurdle to have to hop when, you know, she might 
want to be in ministry, but she stays home. And then you want a career in ministry and he stays home, right? I think there's so many layers that go, even in the woman world and then in the mom world, where it's like everybody's going to have an opinion about everything you do as a mom. Everyone has an opinion about everything you do as a woman. And I think one of the most powerful things that you can do is display that this is my ministry. I'm going to hold both, right? Going back to what we even talked about of like, I'm going to hold that I'm being obedient to the Lord, not just because I, I want to be a pastor or I want this title or I want to be a stay-at-home mom or I, whatever it might be, but the simplicity of it is I want to be obedient. And I'm going to hold both. I'm going to hold the ministry and I'm going to hold being a mother because the ministry is being a mother, right? It is the most important, but in the same breath, you can hold that God has designed you and you and every woman in this circle to also carry the incredible work of ministry and for every family and for every woman and for every culture in within the church, it will look different. It, it will. And I think in every marriage, it will look different. And every season even will look different. Like Em and I were just talking about like the season of ministry <laughs> when you're a pastor and your kids just like run around the sanctuary. And like there's some pastors that get to just like have really great conversations in the corner. And I'm like doing a hundred things at one time while my children, um, you know, crawl around the dirty floor. But I think what an incredible space to offer your children. Um, I think also what an incredible opportunity for you to have a conversation with somebody about, man, God has like, asked me to step into this obedience of saying yes to this and to this. And would you partner with me in being able to do that? You know, like as the church, and I think that's where like the church is, is continuing to grow of like, I think as women, specifically pastor women or ministry leader women who are moms or have the potential of being moms, you know, you just get married and they're like, all right, for how long are you going to last? And it's like, for how long has God called me to say yes to being in ministry? That's how long. Like, having a baby is not a distraction from my calling, right? And I think it's a beautiful uh, invitation for women to not just be easily offended or to not feel like you have to be accountable to them or to their words, but to build a bridge of accountability of like, I've been asked to do both. Like, what a beautiful opportunity for people to come around, around you to be able to do that. I know for me, like, I... W- necessarily feel like I was called to be like in the ministry role it was more of like for some reason like and even before Mike and I started dating I had the feeling of I'm gonna be a an, in ministry by a pastor's wife I just knew like I don't know how but I knew 
Um, so like my husband and I, we go in it as we say we're in it together. Like we're even though he has the job title pastor, I'm just as much in with his decision making and just conversation at home. Not like obviously not in the office, but um I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> but um right now like what a big struggle I have is find or like feeling like I'm doing enough because I have young kiddos. because um, it's really hard sometimes when I'm in a small group and I get a text from the babysitter downstairs, uh, Avery hit her sister. And I'm like, my co-leader, like, I have to go. <laughs> and then I skedaddle. And then it, so that's something that's been really hard for me in this season um, is not, like, feeling like I'm doing enough. Because my we've been in, my husband and I have been in ministry for a long time, like, together. So I was in, um, I've been a junior high leader since I was, like, 19 and then we co we were we I joined the same youth group he had been volunteering for and then we served together for about two years and then we started dating and then we got married and then we we were serving together for like two or three years and then he got the pastor job and then we were serving so we've been I've had a lot of experience, <laughs> and I, another struggle, as I was telling you, is that uh, the people at our church, they don't know who I am yet, because when we just moved there, and for a while, I was, I mean, I just had a baby, so it was, like, hard to, so a lot of people don't know how long I've been doing this, and, like, tell me I'm not, I don't know what I'm talking about, and because I have a young face, and I have young kids, they're like, you you haven't been in ministry long. <laughs> I'm like, mm, I'm pretty sure I have. Because, <laughs> I mean, I'm 35, so, I mean, I, but a lot of people think I'm in my early 20s with young kids. So, because we have kids late in life and whatnot. But, yeah, I guess the biggest struggle I have is just not feeling like I'm doing enough for my junior high kids versus, like, because I've done it before, ki- like, kids, and I know what it is like to do it. Does that make sense? Okay, <laughs> and then having kids, so different, because um, sometimes I have to leave early because one's throwing a temper tantrum on the floor, kicking and screaming, like, <laughs> like I have to go because this meltdown is not going to, like, yeah, so. I literally went up to Katie before worship yesterday, and I was like, girl, I feel like I haven't even thought about this worship set tonight because I've just been chasing my kid around all day and figuring out what he's eating. And, you know, in in different seasons, it's different things. Like, I even think about, like, right now, there's a heavy weight on me because my mom's battling cancer. And as her oldest daughter, who usually the daughters step in as more of the caretaker, like, that is a unique female role that I carry. So I feel distracted in ministry. Like, you know, whatever it is, I say that to say that this doesn't just apply to the mom topic. It's all sorts of roles we carry that I've just had to learn to tell myself, like, it's just the season that I'm in. And to Katie's point where it's like, my family is my greatest ministry. And then whatever else, like, I can give after that, I really just choose to look at it as like a fish and love situation. 
where I'm like, okay, God, I'm not on paper giving as much as I gave in my past season to this thing. I'm still giving a lot. It's not like I'm just like at home sleeping, <laughs> but it's like, I'm going to give what I have left to the ministry and I'm gonna, just going to trust that you're way bigger than me. That like you could say one thing in small group before you have to leave to go take care of your daughter who's throwing up that just rocks someone's world and you have no idea, you know, that God's big enough to do that. Uh, and like whoever wrote a description of what it means to be in ministry, you know, I know who said that nobody's God didn't say that. That's always the question of uh, what is it? God in the garden when he says like, who told you that? I'm always telling myself like when I hear something like you're not doing enough or whatever, it's like God's voice being like, who told you that? And I'm like, oh, you're right. It wasn't you. <laughs> you know? Anybody have anything to add to that or to bounce off of? Um, I have been struggling through, um, just where we are at right now with leaders, uh, especially, um, female leaders. Um, well, I'll share this first. I'm super passionate for youth and, um, I am the kind of person that is like, if someone, if, you know, a young high schooler or junior high or whoever it is, is texting me in the middle of the night and they're like, I'm going through this. Um, I kind of just felt like I needed to share. Um, I want to call them and I want to meet with to coffee with them or um, just, you know, follow up and continue that. And um, before having um, my son, it was way easier. Um, I mean, I could go, I could mentor like five girls, right? And it just, it just filled me. And um, after having my son, um, he's my world like <laughs> I, I've never experienced something so like drastic and um, so much love and there's just an aspect to motherhood that is I, I just didn't expect it to be so um, overwhelming but I also have this passion to be obedient to God and to love on these girls and um, I have like a feeling that there's just not enough to go around uh, for these girls to like love and mentor on and I keep telling my husband like I feel like I need to mentor her and um, and he's like I know but you you can't you just don't have the time um, you know and it's just this battle of like I love my family and I love my son and I want to be there like a hundred percent of the time but I also know that there's a need a huge need and so uh, we just need prayer for like just more leaders that are willing to sacrifice their time and um and like outside of youth group like show them like text them you know it, there's like so many things that like I wish there were more of us that could do that for these um girls because they need it um high school is really hard to struggle with and so yeah I, I I'm trying to juggle that and trying not to um overwhelm myself but there are nights where I definitely like you know we carry a lot of the weight too like our husbands come back and they're like oh my gosh like this happened and and so I'm always like oh I wish I could do you know something and um and I know God's listening but it's just it's been a while uh yeah just 
that when you when you fast the eaters also have guts. <laughs> I'm part of the same. I, I'm in Queen Mat Town. They have the entire, and those girls have been through basically going back to that. I mean, besides the town is still rebuilding and stuff like that, so it's a lot to add on top of that. But then you have that extra layer of like that, and then you have the religious participation. So that's why it was like God called us to. I think if, if you just give, and I'm included in that, space for people to just like know that their experience matters. And I think when I listen to all your guys' experiences and stories, I feel really hopeful um, for the next generation. Like Carly, even for you, like knowing that your girls see you juggling being a mom and caring for them and that you're showing them it's possible. And like, you feel like you're not doing enough. But I grew up in a time where like, to your point, somebody had a kid, see you in eight years. Like, <laughs> they're just kinda gone. Um, there was this whole study that Barna, who's like a big research, Christian research group put out um, about the value of young moms. And again, not to make this specifically about moms, but I think it's just like, having the presence of young women, it, it has the potential to completely shift a church um, and for their voices to be heard and to make accommodation for young you know, women who are juggling a lot to be able to serve where like typically, let's say it's like, oh, the requirement is all day Saturday and all day Sunday, like at our church, two days of services. Like, I have a young mom who's like, I can't do that. I'm like, you know what? Come serve Sunday. We'll break the rule for you. Because I'd rather have you here than not, you know? Because you, you're literally raising the next generation. So, like, I want you here. Um, this is what I want us to do. We've got uh, just under 10 minutes. I'd love it if we broke up just into groups of three. And some of it's already kind of been spoken out. But just to give, like, what's a practical need? Even if it's, like, the next two weeks. Like, literally the vote. That's about that. <laughs> that would be the most practical. Um, what's a need that you have and, um, and then just pray for each other. So maybe just like pray for the person to your right. Um, if you want, I would encourage you maybe even just to exchange contact information so you can be asking how it's going and, um, and what the end results were. So we'll just break up and then I'm sure people will start arriving for the next seminar. So they'll kick us out. Cool. <laughs> But um, thank you guys for being here, and um, yeah, I just want you guys to know your voice really matters, and what you do really matters, and uh, being a woman in ministry, it's not what fully defines you, but it's a really big piece of what you carry, and, and God's really honored by it, so let's pray. Grab a couple people.